It sounded so great on the sales call. You'd get coaching as well as have access to a huge content library that would answer any question that you could think of. And then you get to the other side of that sales call and discover live coaching calls packed with tens, maybe hundreds of people clamoring for help because, just like you, they watched the videos but need help applying the information directly to their businesses. The coach only has a few minutes for each of you, though, so not really much live coaching happening. And you're told many times to watch the video about XYZ topic. This is what happens when coaches sell courses and call it coaching. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, and we are doing another episode in my series on lessons from Cookie Cutter Coaching, 3C Programs. Just a little bit of a background, this will be our fourth episode in this series, and I've spent somewhere upwards of about $50,000, probably a bit more, on different coaching and consulting programs, some of them wonderful and some of them not so great. And so a lot of the lessons that I've been sharing in these most recent episodes have been from the not so great programs, but I've got some solutions here for you because this next one that we're talking about today is like a chronic issue within the coaching and consulting world. And this is when you buy coaching, but you get courses, right? As it says in the title. And so this is typically how it goes. You feel great. You know, you just, you, you're on the sales call. Things sound like it's going to be wonderful. You're like, great. There's so much content for me to consume now. And, you know, then I'll have a chance during the live coaching sessions to dig deeper. And so, you know, you you watching the videos like you were told, you know, because you definitely want to be coachable. You don't want anybody to accuse you of not being coachable. Right. But, you know, you're like, OK, I get it. But like, how does this really apply to my business? I'm really looking forward to my first coaching call because they're going to tell me how this applies to my specific business. I'm so excited. But. Then you log on for the call and you see that there are a lot of people on this call. You're like, geez, okay, there's a lot of people here. How is my coach going to get to everybody? I'm not really sure. All right, so look, (laughs) you know, I make these references to cartoon movies all the time. And if you don't have kids, I'm sorry. But so this reference today is a My Little Pony reference. So there's, you know, it's a My Little Pony's been around for a while, but they're, you know, movies are coming out again. And, you know, my daughter, she's three and she loves My Little Pony. And then, of course, my older boys, they're like, oh, My Little Pony, that's for Evelyn. But, you know, they still watch it. So it is what it is. I feel like a lot of coaches during their live coaching calls are kind of like Rainbow Day from My Little Pony. So the My Little Pony movie, the most recent one, there's a scene towards the beginning where Rarity, it's the name of another pony. Yes, I know the pony names. Rarity is tying bows 
for a performance on a stage. And she's got a lot of bows to tie. She's doing it just perfect. And she put a little diamond on them and everything that looks so good. And Rainbow Dash is like, Rarity, you're taking forever. And she's like, but I got to do it just right. And then Rainbow Dash is like, no, let's get it done. And then Rainbow Dash is like the super fast pony. She likes to do everything fast. And she she's like a racer pony. She flies across all of the bows and every single bow in her wake is jacked up. The diamond is falling off of it. It looks horrible. So she went for quantity over quality. She was like, let's just get this done as fast as possible. And of course, Rarity was like super mad. And she's like, don't touch my bows again. Now I got to do it all over. But essentially, I told you that long, <laughs> that long correlation there is to say that these coaches are rolling through their clients on these live coaching calls like Rainbow Dash from My Little Pony. They're just like, okay, I talked to you for like 10 minutes. Then I talked to you for like five minutes. Then I talked to you for like 15 minutes. That was a super long time. But then I got to talk to this next person for 10 minutes. And they're trying to get it done because if they actually spent the amount of time that they ought to, probably they would be on that call for like an hour and a half or two hours or three hours because they're cramming too many people into a time slot right? Maybe they only have one time slot or they they only have a couple time slots and everybody's trying to get in and, and it's just not enough time. And I can tell you that that really doesn't feel very good. I had this experience. I, you know, I was doing what I was told. I was trying really hard to be coachable and I had just enrolled in the second level of this company's program, which, you know, cost me, geez, almost twice as much as the first level. And, you know, I was like, hey, so I'm really excited about this. I'm hoping now that I'm in this like second level, maybe I could just get a coach to just take a look at, you know, my offer sheets and my my ideal client sheets and, and just kind of give me like a, a reality check, make sure that what I'm doing here is good because I'm still kind of struggling to pull people in and make sales. Well, instead of getting that after again, after paying double what I paid to get into the first level, they were like, oh, yeah, that's so great. You know what? Because you're talking about your offer, you should get on the offer call. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been on the offer call and I'm not confused about my offer necessarily. I just want a second set of eyes. And they're like, yeah, 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 do the offer call. And so I am the second. So I do the offer call. I sign up and, you know, you have to sign up in, in this particular program. You sign up to get on the call and then everybody else is just watching the live stream. And so they're commenting. And so the person ahead of me, I think it's like 30 or maybe even 40 minutes of the coach's attention. And I'm I'm trying to say that I didn't think I necessarily needed to be on the call, but it was like... I, they were like, so what's your problem with your offer? And I'm like, I don't really have a problem with it. I just wanted like an opinion. And it, she was like, does not compute. I don't get it. Why did you register for the call if you don't have a problem? And I'm like, look, that's what I said. But like, what do you want from me? I'm just doing what they told me to do. She spent like 10 minutes on me and then moved on. And it was just really really disheartening. You know, I really expected a higher touch. And uh, with this particular program, if you're in the second tier of calls, they they will still push you to the first tier calls. There were some second tier calls as well, but the second tier calls were way beyond me. But anyway, that's like outside the scope of this episode today. So what are some mistakes that I think happen, right? When coaches adopt this model, right? When you, you buy coaching, but it turns out what it really is, is like a lot of the go watch the course videos, go watch the course, or they don't say course videos, but go watch your videos, go watch your videos, go watch your videos, go watch this video. Oh, you watched it, watch it again. So it ends up really like you spend more time kind of going through the course material because that's essentially what it is. Some of the mistakes that happen is that business weaknesses get overlooked. And I've talked about this before uh, in the limiting beliefs uh, episode. 
from, you know, a few months ago now. But if I am not, I'm not feeling comfortable reaching out to people, or I'm not feeling comfortable posting on social media, and my coach says, oh, you just got to step outside your comfort zone, and I don't really have a lot of time to dive into this with you, so I'm going to move on to the next person. Obviously, that last part is not what they say out loud, but it's true. Well, what if I'm not feeling super confident around you know, posting on social media because I I don't believe that I'm going to be able to offer a great client experience. And so I'm sabotaging myself. Well, that is an area that a coach certainly could help me in. Okay, let's see what we can do to make sure to bring up your confidence around your client experience. But instead, you're saying, I just need to do what makes me uncomfortable and post on social media. And that could actually lead to me having a poor client experience just the way that I think that I'm going to. And then everything falls apart. So business weaknesses get overlooked. The client experience suffers. So when clients get brushed over the way that I experienced and the way that I saw a bunch of times in some of the programs I've been in, the experience suffers. And so it starts to sour, right, for us as the the client. And you don't want that in your program. If you're the coach or you've got coaches who work for you, the coaches may get overworked. And if there are multiple coaches, they may have no familiarity whatsoever with the client's business models. Like, okay, my name's Ruthie. What the heck does Ruthie do? So it's always like, hey, Ruthie, take a few minutes and tell me what it, tell me about your business. That's how all of them start because you have absolutely no idea what's going on in my business because your coaching program is evergreen and it's actually a course with like coaching support, but it's evergreen and you're enrolling people all the time. And there are hundreds of people here. There are tens of people here. There are hundreds of people here and you can't keep them all straight. And they're all only here for eight to 12 weeks, depending on the type of program that you're in. And so they're in and out before you can even start to really remember what it is that they do. Again, back to that client experience. Nobody likes that. All right. So that was the rant (laughs) a little bit. But why do coaches try to scale with this model? Why? And it is super, super popular. Like it is a a model that people are just adopting and using and adopting and using. But honestly, it's the way that we're taught to go from one-on-one coaching to to make more money. So if you're doing one-to-one coaching, like you're you're limited by your hours and this and that, blah, 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 blah. And, and this is the way that you're supposed to make money, they tell us. And so that's why a lot of people are doing it. So I'm not saying that people are out here 100% malicious. But I am saying a lot of people out here are taking what they've been spoon fed and not necessarily considering other solutions. And to be like, to be honest, like if you want to sell a course, then sell a course. Don't call it coaching. All right. Don't mislabel it. But most of the coaching programs that teach this model use it as well. And so the focus is on enrollment and not necessarily client experience, which is probably good because they're not really qualified to teach client experience, at least based on my experience. But I wanted to talk about some solutions here. All right. Because I don't think that the model in and of itself is 100 percent bad. I think there are parts of it that can definitely be salvaged. And so, yeah. So are there ways to make this model work? And so I think that if you have, if you are a single coach or if you have coaches who work with you, right? So I would assign a single coach to a cohort of clients that sticks with with them through the length of the program. So they get to know the clients, they get to know their business models and the relationship becomes intimate, which allows the coach to really be able to learn people's behaviors and mannerisms to see when they're really bothered by something, to see when they can push a little bit harder, to see maybe when they should back off or take another approach to create create the space that that client needs to to find their solutions. If there is only one coach, i.e. you, then run cohorts yourself. 
And what this means, though, is that your program is not evergreen in that what I mean is you can't constantly enroll people. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. The standard of education, when you think about it, right, think of university classes. They have a start and stop date. When you enroll in college courses or university courses, they have a start and stop date. All right. So it's not like, you know, hey, this course has been running for eight weeks, but somebody's coming in, you know, in in the middle, like four weeks in. That's not the way that it works. And I don't want to knock the content library. I think having a great content library is awesome and it can be a wonderful resource to clients. You know, so I'm not knocking the content library and I'm not knocking pre-call assignments because if you do that, then that means you don't necessarily have to cover basic shit during your calls and the calls can be a lot more focused and intentional. But that's the point is that there should be more on the calls. And if you're running small cohorts, if your groups are what you're doing and you're running small cohorts, then that gives you an opportunity to give more on the call. And so again, it's like if you look at the the university comparison I just made. So you do your assignments ahead of time and then that offers an opportunity for deep class discussion versus, you know, the teachers throwing the books at you and walking out or that, you know, you ask it a question and the teacher's like, did you read the assignment? Did you read the assignment? Did you watch the video as part of the assignment? And you're like, yeah, I did. And they're like, well, you obviously didn't or you weren't paying attention because if you had, you would have seen the answer in there. So go watch it again. Go read the assignment again. I'm like, bitch, you better ask my answer my question because I paid you thousands of dollars to help me. <laughs> no, I don't advise saying that to your teacher. And I don't necessarily advise talking to anybody like that, but it is how you're feeling. That is how a lot of us end up feeling like, are you fucking kidding me? I paid you thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars for some programs, hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever. And you're supposed to help me. You are supposed to help me. If I tell you that I read it, that I watched it, that I listened to it, whatever it was, however, which way I was supposed to consume it. If I tell you I did it and I'm still not getting it, then it's an opportunity for you to dive deeper with me. That's all it is. So I think that there's a way to modify this model for scaling. And you can certainly go from working one-to-one and working with small groups, cohorts, and you can make more money and scale in an ethical way, a way that helps you kind of manage things, that helps improve the client experience, that builds relationships, that increases the intimacy of the, the coach slash consultant and client relationship. But I think that... For everyone's best interest, this idea of evergreen coaching that has this program that people enroll in and and we just funnel people to it and it's just got like unlimited enrollment and there's no, again, without like the cohorts to kind of help people along and build the space for vulnerability. I just don't think that there's a way to make this work ethically and preserve a wonderful client experience. And the people that I'm speaking of, I'm speaking of the people outside the 15 to 20 percent quote unquote success rate for these cookie cutter coaching programs. Because for that 15 to 20 percent, it obviously worked great for them. It was perfect for them right at what they needed at that time. And for the rest of us, it just it's not it. It's not given what it was supposed to have gave. So, you know, as I look at my own models and the things that I've been developing and what I'm introducing, it's different. And I'm looking at the ways that, you know, they ethically, the the solutions line up with my values and my brand values and how I can ethically move forward, proud of what it is that I'm putting out there. And if you are a coach, a consultant, or a service provider who's offering coaching slash consulting, whatever, 
I challenge you to do the same. I encourage you to do the same. You have to look at these models and determine whether or not they line up with your values. Because if you don't, then you will be selling coaching slash consulting that's actually a course. And you will have people who have horrible customer client experiences. And that the thing about this is, though, is that when I spend $10,000, $20,000 on coaching, I want it to work. I don't sign up expecting it not to work. It My belief in you is yours to lose. And when you funnel me back, did you watch the videos? Did you watch? Get out of my face with that. Get out of my face with that. Like, don't do it. And again, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not knocking the, the content library and the videos and things like that. But when the videos are a mask, cloak and dagger, for real coaching, which is what you said I was going to get, you have bait and switched me and you charged me for coaching and gave me a course. And that is unethical. It is. So I hope I hope this episode gave, if you're a coach, consultant, or service provider who's providing like coaching and consultant consulting, I hope that this gave you some ideas or at least pause, a, a, a break in your pattern to consider your client experience, and how it is that you're looking to scale and run things. If you are someone who bought coaching and actually got a course instead, I'm sorry, me too. I got a few of those t-shirts. But as we look at moving forward, what I'm hoping is, is that this episode will better equip you through more knowledge to, to question the methods of any future coaches that you have. Any future consultants that you have that are giving you training, I'm hoping that this will allow you to interrogate their methods better. I know interrogate is a bit of a, a strong word, but they use it in like the science community. Just It just means to question and to dig deep into someone's methods before you invest your hard-earned dollars into coaching and get a course instead. So if you got something out of this episode, please share it. Awareness is the way that we can educate our community and make sure that this stops happening to people. And I look forward to your comments, questions. My DMs are open. And thank you so much for joining me. I hope I'll see you again on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.